starting to feel like uh, the Copelands are starting to show off a little bit here. You know, they're like, like the Gillette razors. We're just going to keep adding blades. <laughs> All kidding aside, it's awesome that you have a family that's so gifted and talented. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen these. I actually have one of these in my office. Uh, they're different kind of, of pictures, different kinds of things. Uh, they're, they're done by a company called Successories. Uh, they're like motivational posters. Have you seen these? Uh, here's one's called Achievement. And Achievement basically says, success starts with a dream and a decision to try. It's the result of ambition and action. You will never cross the sea unless you have the courage to lose sight of the shore. Isn't that beautiful? It's a wonderful, wonderful sentiment, you know. Now, there's another organization that got tired of these. It's like, you guys are way ahead of me, I could tell. Uh, it's called Despair Inc., and it's a company that produces posters and souvenirs that satirize the motivational posters. Uh, they basically believe that uh, they can increase success by lowering expectations. They parody the imagery and language of successories examples, and the truth is that their anecdotes may reflect today's work ethics more than we'd like to admit. Now, let me give you some of these. I don't know if you'll be able to read them. I'm going to try to do my best to read them from here. Uh, potential. Not everyone gets to be an astronaut when they grow up. So there, there's one. Uh, here's a good one here. Teamwork. A few harmless flakes working together can unleash an avalanche of destruction. <laughs> Affirmation. Instilling the self-confidence kids will need to carry them through at the, all the failure they'll experience because they weren't taught competence instead. <laughs> Mistakes. It could be that the purpose of your life is only to serve as a warning to others. <laughs> oh, and here's my favorite one. Uh, maybe, well, maybe it's not. There it is. Uh, mediocrity. It takes a lot less time. The idea of striving for excellence is really then it's, 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 it's gone. I, I remember seeing a picture of, of the Statue of Liberty that was taken from a helicopter so you could see the top of the statue's head. And I was amazed at the details of the head there. And, and then uh, as I was made, there were no helicopters, no planes invented then. The statue was completed in Paris in June of 1884 and the first flight was in 1903. So Whoever the artist was, I can't remember his name right now, but, but he did, did the, the head uh, and the top of it, even though he knew nobody would see it. He, wasn't that amazing? See, that's a hint of excellence. We're finishing. I've enjoyed these. Uh, I've ordered some magnets. They should be coming in by next week. So next week, we're going to give you all a, a magnet. Every one of you will get a magnet to put on your refrigerator or whatever you want. But it'll be kind of an image of what you see up on, 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 the, on the, that you all. Why do we do what we do? You will be able to be like, oh, yeah, I just read it on my refrigerator. I got it, you know, and you'll be, you'll be able to tell me with no problems at all, right? Yes, very good. But today, we're going to zero in on that last value and I've been saving the best. And excellence is about making tomorrow better. In other words, doing something 
every day that's just a little bit more. Church, I want you to know that the leaders in this church are not only committed to making tomorrow better, the church better tomorrow, but they're committed to helping each and every one of us accountable to do whatever we can to make the church better and our ministry better tomorrow. Amen? There is a wonderful Bible text here. It's not however. You are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. This is Peter speaking to all of the new believers. We are a holy nation. People who belong to who? To God. Now because of that, Peter says... You were chosen of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know if you remember, but we started this whole series by saying you are the light of the world. Remember that? And now we're going to end it with that same concept that God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light so that we can show people God's excellent qualities. We are called to be excellent. Does that make sense? I love this other text from Ecclesiastes. Whatever your hands finds to do, verily do it with what? All your, partly, do it with all your might. Jesus called it the extra mile. Remember that? If somebody wants a shirt, give them your coat also, right? Remember that? I love uh, what Zig Ziglar says. He says that there are no traffic jams in the extra mile. Most people don't go there. So, what is God calling us to? God is not calling us not only to the job done right, not only to the right job done right, but the right job done right and a little extra. That's the extra amount. God is excellence, but oh, You know, I, I, I'm sure that part of it is busyness. I think part of it is insecurity. I think part of it is just us not really understanding what's at stake. But we have become so used to just doing... Uh, so I'm going to try my best to help you, but I'm going to try my best to help you see this in a practical way. I want to explain people what... Excellence is, is something I call, and some of my friends that know me well know this, they've been in my car with me uh, when I've led them through this journey. It's called... And the law of the parking lot basically says that when it's time, God will provide for you a good parking space. Simple, right? So here are some of the laws of the parking lot that I do my best to follow. Number one, the law of the parking lot is if there are two contending for the same spot and if you're there, it will open up a better spot for you. Can I hear an amen? amen. I, see, I know what's going on right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. He's going to talk about something I do, right? The law of the parking lot says this. If I'm going to open the door, a car that's parked next to me, I'm going to open it, nick the door of the car. that makes sense? In other words, there's, a, there's an extra mile going there, right? Uh, the next one is this, and this is an easy one. Most of you should be good at this one. 
but I've seen people really uh, violate this one, and that is, if you're not handicapped, you don't park in the handicapped parking lot, parking space. Does that make sense? But I've seen them. I've seen them. You know, no, no sticker, or even if they have a sticker, there's no handicap. You know, they're just doing what they got to do. Here's another one. And this, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, this was taught to me by my good friend Spencer. I used to go uh, golfing with him many, many years ago. And I was stunned at this. We would be going on this public uh, golf course where they pay people to make sure that it's taken care of. But Spencer would be golfing, and all of a sudden we'd be walking to our next hole, and there was a piece of trash. And Spencer would sit down, stand, uh, bow down, pick it up, and put it in his pocket until he got to the garbage, and then he would throw it in there. And I thought, wow, that's pretty good. That's going the extra mile, right? He doesn't have to do that. So now when I'm in parking lots, I'm walking from my parking space into the store. If I see garbage that is pickable, <laughs> some of it is not, I, I understand. <laughs> I am going to pick it up, put it in my pocket, and take it to the garbage pail. See, that's the law of the parking lot. See, excellence is not that difficult, is it? It just takes a commitment, doesn't it? Here's another one. Put the cart away where the carts go. Stop. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how many of you remember this, but my, my sob, and I know if the shooties are here, he remembers, but my sob had this big slash on the door. I had redone and painted. And the reason why there was a slash on that door is because somebody didn't put their cart away, and that thing went shh into my door. And there was no note, no nothing. It's on me. So put the cart away, okay? Are you following? You can translate this into any law you want. I'm calling it the law of the parking lot. Uh, by the way, a cousin of put the cart away is when you're in the store and, you, and you're getting stuff, right? And, and, and then you go to another spot and you're like, oh, wow, I got to get this. Like, you know what? I don't really need this. And you put this in the wrong spot. Put the items back where they belong. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like I used to do this. All, I used to make this mistake. So I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I used to make this mistake all the time, you know. If you would walk around and you would see milk in the cookie aisle, that was me. That's probably something I did, you know. Like, have you ever seen this? Until I began to realize, wait a minute, this is wrong. This is violating the law of the parking lot. Are you following what I'm saying? How are we doing? Are we okay with all this? This is, this is simple. I, I promised you this was going to be simple, practical, but this is excellence. Excellence doesn't take that much. Now, look, it's not like I've arrived. You know, I have a long way to go. Uh, here's the truth. You have a long way to go. In fact, uh, elbow somebody and say, you have a long way to go. Come on, tell them. Tell them. Boy, that was really, see, look, that's not excellent at all. Come on, tell somebody, you have a long way to go. <laughs> the enemy of God has deceived so many into thinking that mediocrity is easier and maybe even more rewarding, but nothing could be farther from the truth. The long, here's what I've learned. 
the long-term rewards of that extra mile mindset far exceed the superficial short-term pseudo comfort of the just get by mentality. They far exceed that. When you, when you invest just a little bit more. We were in Romania some years ago. I don't know whose water this is, but thank you. Thank you for going the extra mile and putting it there for me. Uh, when we were in Romania, better put this one over here so that I don't drink the wrong one. When we were in Romania, uh, I, I was there in 98, I believe, or 99, 99. I was there doing an evangelistic series uh, for some friends. And uh, great people, you know, just very loving people, very, it was just a wonderful experience. Uh, but it was right, it wasn't that much right after the communism had been done away with in Romania, right? So now the people are learning to live under a democratic mentality. And one of the things that we noticed about the people in Romania, especially when it came to work and when it came to service, when it came to certain things, there was a certainty. And I, I just didn't understand why, because these were great people. And I'm like, why are they so apathetic? What's going on here? And, and, and so I asked, what's with the apathy? And he, he says, come on, come on with me. And we walked outside, and he says, you see, you see all these buildings, and he pointed to all these buildings that were there. And they were nice apartment buildings, he says. Now, uh, up until, uh, you know, a few years ago, you could live in those. And it didn't matter, a doctor, an engineer, or a garbage collector. You got to work there. So the people have developed this mentality that says, I just have to do just enough to live there. Are you getting what I'm saying? And, and that enough was just enough to, be, to, to, to have enough apathy to just do the little bit you have to do to, to live there. I believe that was a, years ago. I believe today they're, they're getting used to democracy and maybe there's a little bit more of a desire to excel. But this is what happens when we take away a, a people's ability to excel. Are you following what I'm saying here? In 1968, the games, uh, the winter games, were called the Killympics, Killympics. And it was a skier by the name of Jean-Claude Killy. That was his name. And he enthralled running three gold medal sweep of all the men's alpine skiing events. Now catch this. This was important. He was three-tenths of a second faster than second place. Three gold medals. Three-tenths of a second. You can't even... Can't blink that fast. That's how, f that's how much faster he was. Now, why is that important? Here's why. Because he made $3 million that year. Second place made $90,000. Uh, you know, look, I'm okay with $90,000. $90,000 is good enough, right? That's the, that's the problem. Three tenths of a second. So what did it take? It took that much more practice. It took that much more commitment. It took that much more passion. It took that much more desire to move forward and be the best. Just to be three-tenths of a second faster. Hmm. 
So there are two great enemies to greatness. And I'm going to share this with you. Uh, the first enemy to greatness, does anybody know? I, I know there's people here that have read these books. I, I know you know. What's, what's one of the greatest enemies to excellence? Good enough, right? If it's good enough, don't touch it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Have you heard this, right? Good enough. But good enough halts us from doing what? Being excellent, right? So we like, we're like, you know, this is good enough. Don't touch it. It's good enough. Don't, you know, it might break, you know. But good enough may just be that, good enough. But God, is God looking for a church that's good enough? Now, can I be honest with you? None of us will ever be good enough for heaven. Only Jesus can make us good enough. And it is because of the excellent thing that he did on that cross. God's not looking for a good enough church. He's looking for a church that is committed to doing ministry excellently. That is committed to the of God. Are you following what I'm saying here? It's not that difficult. It's not that much. Do you know what the other enemy to excellence is? For those of you who are freaking out right now because I'm talking about excellence and you think I'm talking about something else. Thank you. If you didn't hear it, let me tell you. The other greatest enemy to excellence is perfection. Where you feel like it has to be perfect. Here's what happens with perfect. Perfect is, 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 is like... I'm going to be honest with you. I struggle with this sometimes. I've been wanting to write a book forever. But I keep thinking, it's just, no, it's got to be perfect. Spend the time and energy, it's got to be perfect because I need people to buy this. I've been working on a game, a leadership board game, for a year and a half. It's getting close. And the only thing that's been able, that's able allowed me to, to, to get a little closer is not to get so bogged. I want it to be excellent. I don't want it to be good enough, but I want it to be excellent, but I don't need it to be perfect. Does that make sense? You know why? Number one, it can never be perfect. There's always going to be a more perfect game, a more perfect book. <laughs> good enough encourages Perfection encourages us to never get things done. Solomon said, uh, oh, oh, here's a great quote, by the way. Says, Excellence is to do a common thing in an uncommon way. Isn't that beautiful? That's all we're talking about. Solomon said, farmers who wait for perfect weather, now they never harvest. There's some wisdom there, isn't there? And some of us feel like we need to have perfect weather and, 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 and perfect everything, be able to do something. And, and it's never the perfect, perfect atmosphere, the perfect church. There is no such thing. There is a perfect God who loves us and he is towards excellence. So uh, I'm going to give these to you in kind of machine gun style. Excellence is, are you ready? Excellence is choosing accomplishment formation. Excellence is choosing personal growth over immediate pleasure. Excellence is choosing future realization over personal gain. 
Excellence is thriving, not just surviving. Excellence involves moving forward, and the starts with knowing what to leave behind. Lessons of failure, lessons that are not easy to learn but are so succeed sooner. Learning to fail is, is no easy task, yet the cost is really, really high. Failure is not the problem. The problem is not learning from it. Are you following what I'm saying? But without failure, you're not, failure is the greatest teacher there is. First, and then yet. I remember uh, some time ago, and I wish I had never done this, but you know, I was young and stupid. I went to a gym. <laughs> a, uh, what do they call those guys? A coach. Personal trainer, thank you. Yes, much, sounds much better. Thank you, John. I had a personal trainer, and, and, he, and he taught me something. And there's a reading this again. Uh, these words, I'll never forget it. And, and, and they're probably wrong. I don't know. But I, I do it because my personal trainer told me. And they are, uh, when, you, when you lift weights, lift to failure. Have you ever heard this before? In other words, lift until you can't lift anymore, right? I think sometimes X demands us to lift to failure. Excellence asks, how can I create something that the critics will criticize? How can I create something that the critics will criticize. I'm going to say that again. How can I create something that the critics will criticize? That's excellence. I love this quote by um, uh, Seth Godin. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Seth Godin. I know some of you are. Fantastic marketing guru guy. Great guy. I've heard him speak several times. He says, we've greatly exaggerated the risk of sinking without celebrating the value of swimming. Excellence makes the path, not the tracks on the path. And here's, here's what we believe as, as leaders, and we are committed to this. We're still learning, we're still growing on this, but here's what we, we realize. If we wait until there is another case study in ministry, we will have to shoot for good enough. We should be the ones prompting the case studies. Does that make sense? See, excellence makes the path. It doesn't just leave the tracks. Excellence is inspiring each other to become the best version of ourselves. Excellence is winning the permission to hold each other accountable. Excellence is stretching each other's potential beyond mediocrity. Excellence is being able to increase our capacity to learn, which increases our capacity to learn, which increases our capacity more and more and more and more. That's excellence. Let me read you a, a text in Malachi about how God detests mediocrity, how God detests 
the good enough mentality. He says in chapter 1, he says, But you ask, how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. And then you ask, how have we defiled the sacrifices? When you give blind animals a sacrifice, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer animals that are crippled and diseased? Try giving gifts like that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. And then he says these words, and they're so powerful, and I got to tell you, the first time I read this, it just cut to my heart. He says, how I wish one of you would shut the temple's door so that these worthless sacrifices could not be offered. In other words, what God was saying is, look, whenever you give me something that's not excellent, whenever you're giving me something that is blemished, whenever you're giving me something that's not fully what I've asked for, you're giving me a sacrifice that does not reflect the sacrifice of Jesus. And so many people, not you, but so many people come to church and, and, and they just do good enough. So many people are seven-day, are, are, are seventh-day Adventists rather than seven-day Adventists. So many people are just, just willing to get by. Let me just tell you this, okay? I'm going to be really honest with you. I, I fall into this trap myself. And let me tell you how it goes for me. I'll be putting together a talk. I'll be putting together a, a program. Or, you know, or life has gotten so busy and, and, and I've been pulled on different directions and I'll put together something and I'll be like, that's good enough. I don't have the time to make it excellent. It's good. And don't take this the wrong way, but one of the greatest One of the greatest uh, challenges to this is when we fall into the trap of thinking that our good enough is better than somebody else's excellent. Are you following what I'm saying? One of the greatest dangers to the trap of thinking and, and, and we may even be right. That's not the point. And so we offer our good enough because it's better than somebody else's excellent. But it's not good enough for God because God knows what you can really do. On the other hand, at the cost of embarrassing some in here today, I see excellence all around me. I see people going the second mile all the time. Yeah, I'm going to call some people out. I am just, I'm just shocked how Talia, who is a mother of two and a wife, is able to find time to somehow try to pull everything together for all the Sabbath schools and, and pathfinders and adventurers and all the children's stuff that's going on. Now, is it perfect? No. She'll be the first to tell you. 
but it's excellent. I see people like Doug, who I think every church should have at least two or three Dougs. Because he is relentless. He doesn't do anything unless it's just right. There is not, the word good enough is not even in Doug's vocabulary. There's no such thing. Those of you on the worship team, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're going to go, if you're going to work with Doug, you're going to work with the best. That's what you're going to do. You're going to do the best you can. Now, is it perfect? No. But it's better than good enough. It's way better than that. Because, because, because he loves ministry. And if I've got to get something done, guess who I go to? I go to Doug and I go to Keeney. Those two people, I know, if I go to them, so I'm lucky. We're, we're, this is a lucky church. We have at least two of them. Uh, again, you guys do a lot of stuff. Don't misunderstand me, right? But just there, there are people that get so much done. I can't do what Doug and Keeney do. I think of, of Daryl. I'm kidding. I think of, 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 of you know, look, look if, if, I get to work with both Doug and Daryl. They both have totally different personalities. And the fact that they come together and work together, that's excellent to make that happen. I think about, I think about Sharon and her team. Look at this. Every, every season, there is new decorations up. Everywhere you walk in, you see that beautiful wreath, you know, and it's like, we just say, oh, well, that's beautiful, that's wonderful. We don't think about the excellence that goes behind the planning and the work that goes in. The, the owls, are you seeing the owls there? See, I mean, like, there's like stuff here that's like, wow. You should come up here sometimes and just check out what's hidden in the trees. <laughs> it's like one of those Bob Ross paintings. Oh, there's a little squirrel here, you know. You know I, I, it's just amazing excellence. I think of, of Tracy Ann and her crew who tirelessly knit those hats. I think of Ruth and her crew that, that spend every Tuesdays and Thursdays mentoring these children across the street. I think of Bob and Paul, Mark and Tracy and that crew who are constantly welcoming people. One of the reasons why people think we are the most uh, most welcoming and loving churches because of those guys. Are I'll never forget the first time I came to church here. Here's these guys that are as big as me. I'm like, all oh, right. And they're welcoming me. But big smiles. And you know what they're doing? You may not know this, but behind the scenes, they're constantly meeting saying, how can we do this better? How can we make them? They would say, there's no secret. I just love God. A guy by the name of Kent Keith, and some of you have, have heard this before, I've read this before, but I want to remind you if you haven't, if you paradoxical commandments. Not easy to say, as Tony has reminded me. The paradoxical commandments. And let me read you what they are. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. That's excellence. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. That's excellence. If you are successful, you will win false friends and true enemies, but succeed anyway. That's excellence. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. 
The biggest men and women with the biggest ideas can be shut down by the smallest men and women with the smallest minds. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but follow only top dogs. Fight for a few underdogs anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. People really need help, but may attack you if you do help them. Help them anyway. Ask a lifeguard. <laughs> Give the world the best you have and you'll get kicked in the teeth. I changed that word. Give the world the best you have anyway. Are you following me? And I want to finish with this story. I've been reading a book called uh, The Power of Moments, which is an amazing book, by the way. Uh, and there's a story there about a little boy who was on vacation in the Amelia Islands of Florida. And uh, while he was there, he left his best friend there. It was a little stuffed animal, a giraffe, called Joshi. Joshi the stuffed giraffe. Uh, he had been left at the Ritz-Carlton. You want to study excellence and study some of the Ritz-Carlton and what they do. At the end of the family holidays. Now, Joshi, who belonged to this young boy, was just all alone at this vacation place. The little boy couldn't sleep anymore. He went to sleep with Joshi every night. His dad, in a peak of desperation, told the little boy a lie. He said, look, Joshi is just staying on vacation a little longer. He's just there a little longer. He'll be, he's okay, though. He's, he's having fun. And when the staff at the hotel eventually located Joshi, they called him. And then he confessed to them the story that he made up to get his son to sleep. He said, could you please send them back? I just told him he was on vacation a little longer. So do you think the Ritz Carlton sent it back? Oh, that would have been good enough. Let me read to you what they did. A few days later, a package arrived. In the package, Joshi the giraffe was there, along with an album for the stuffed topical holiday mode. There's Joshi driving a golf cart. There's Joshi getting a massage with cucumbers on his eyes. There's Joshi on a lounge chair by the pool with sunglasses. There is Joshi visiting the hotel security control room. All in this wonderful book. Somebody took the time to put Joshi in these places, took pictures, made this book, and sent it with Joshi so that dad wouldn't come out to be a liar. That is excellence. And that's the kind of service this church is committed to. Are you all in? Amen. Unbelievable. Let's pray together.
Lord, I am so thankful that you don't settle for good enough. I'm thankful, Lord, that you keep pushing us towards excellence. And I know we have a long way to go, both individually and as a church, Lord, but I pray, Father, that as we keep moving forward and just make tomorrow just a little better, that we would fulfill this calling to let your excellent qualities shine. Thank you for this church. Be with us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.